So tonight, uh, we're actually going to be doing part two of Road Trip. And a few weeks ago, a week before Easter, I did Road Trip Part 1. I thought it was just a one-part series. And in that message, I talked about the fact that life is a road trip, right? That this is just simply a road trip on our way to heaven, right? That we're just kind of cruising through life here, being used by God, enjoying it to the fullest. But man, this is not what it's all about, that heaven is coming and that that joy and that presence of God awaits us. And we're really pumped about that. But I thought that was a one-part shot, and then I, I had to kind of change our plans because I realized that our church is about to go on a little bit of a road trip, and if you're on social media, you saw we were kind of teasing a big announcement for tonight, and that big announcement is I'm going to be getting hair plugs, and so I'm, no, 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 uh, oh, Lacey's happy about that, no, that, that uh, Lacey's funding my hair plug foundation, so I'm not only a client, but the president, but anyway, um, and so we are really excited to actually to announce that we've accepted an offer on this building. And so we're going to be selling, so thank God. Really pumped about that. And we're very excited about it. And what it's going to be, we're really actually more excited about this, is that it's going to continue to be a church. An awesome Spanish ministry is buying this church, which that's been our prayer all along, that they would remain a church. So a Spanish church that was meeting in the Marriott in, uh, in Smithtown over there, which then turned into a casino. Uh, they've been homeless for a while, so they are really pumped to be coming in here and buying this space, and we're really, really grateful that they're going to be doing that. But um, kind of starts to get us thinking, like, well, now what for us, right? What are we going to do? And that's kind of what I, I want to talk with you guys about tonight, sort of this little road trip that we might be on as a church over this next season. And there's probably some mixed emotions here in the room. Some of us are excited, and we're thinking, man, this is going to be great, and what's God going to do? But then there's also some of us in the room that might sort of be like, okay, this is scary, though. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little anxious. I'm a little nervous how this is all going to play out. And so I think it's interesting that we have different perspectives. And even myself, if I'm being real, I go from perspective to perspective, sometimes in a day's time. I'm really excited, then I'm kind of freaking out, and then I'm back too excited. And so I understand that. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of that uh, State Farm commercial. You guys could check out the screens. You guys remember this one? Volume is awesome. There it is. Now, State Farm did not pay us for showing that, by the way, but kind of reminds me of just maybe how we're looking at the situation. Some of us are looking at it like, this is awesome. Others of us looking at it with maybe a little bit of anxiety and worry. And so I just kind of want to address this tonight because we have to figure out this, the answer to this question. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go as a ministry now as we sell this space? Now, the tricky part in all this is kind of like if you've ever bought a home and, uh, or I'm sorry, sold a home and then bought a new one, you have to sell the one you're living in before you can buy the one that you're moving to. And it's super tricky because there's that fear of like, but wait, what if I don't get the new home in time and all that stuff? And so we have to try to figure out what to do next. And so tonight I want to talk about what that looks like for us. Now, the reality is, as many of you in the room here tonight, if you're honest, you really could care less about our building situation, Right? Some of you are walking here tonight, it's your first time ever here. Some of you guys are coming in and you're like, Doug, I, I love the church, but I have some things going on in my life. I need some encouragement for that, not so much this building thing that the church is going through. Well, tonight, I want to encourage you, because some of you walked in here going through a scary situation of your own. We as a church are going through a situation that's pretty intense right now with this move. But some of you walked in with your own issue, right? Some of you walked in with a financial issue, 
and you're like, I am really stressed about this, Doug. I need some encouragement about that. Or some of you walked in saying, I'm really addicted to something. I'm a little scared. I don't know how to get this all worked out. Some of you walked in saying, I got a peace issue. I haven't had peace in my life in a really long time. Doug, help me find some peace tonight. Some of you guys walked in saying, man, there's someone that I need to forgive, but I'm scared to walk down that road of forgiveness. How do I get there? Well, the beautiful thing is, is if you're having your own sort of mini crisis in your life and this, this new season of uncertainty, then the answer I'm going to give our church tonight for our current building situation is the same answer I'm going to give you for any of those other situations. The truth is, is we all have maybe some fears as we walk in here tonight. Maybe it's about our building. Maybe it's about something in our life. But tonight, I want to talk with you about what we do in the midst of those fears and what God can do as he walks alongside these situations with us. And this is so important that we talk about because many of us, as we walk through some of these anxieties and worries, our peace is just completely wiped out, right? I mean, I would be lying if I, if I said that I haven't lost some sleep over this whole building move. I'd be lying if I haven't said that there have been times I've woken up really early in the morning and I've stayed up really late at night just sort of like thinking, oh gosh, how's this going to work? And I'm crunching numbers and calculating things and trying to figure this out and manipulate that and work this out. Maybe that's what you've been doing in your personal life too. And so it's so important that we figure out what to do in the midst of these big life change moves so that we don't drive ourselves crazy The other reason it's so important to talk about this is because often the fear that we have can keep us kind of stuck where we are, you know? And so some of us, it would be really easy to kind of look at this building situation and say, you know, Doug, things are okay here. Like, people are showing up. God's working. There are good things happening here. Why do we have to move? Let's just sort of stay here. And it's because we kind of look at that sort of dreaded idea of being homeless, you know? And maybe in your personal life, it's the same deal. You're going, man, I'd love to forgive so-and-so, but I am afraid to open up that door. I'm afraid to get hurt again. I'm afraid to walk through the emotions of that. And so that fear keeps you stuck where you are. And so whether it's about the building or it's about your personal life, tonight, I just want to encourage us, we've got to take some steps of faith and move on. Faith is going to be huge for us as a church in this next season, but it's also going to be huge for you. If you're going to see peace return to your life, if you're going to see addiction broken, if you're going to see forgiveness come, and you're going to see those issues worked out that maybe have you really bound up. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look in Hebrews 11. You guys can open up your Bibles, or the verses will be on the screen. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're here. And I would guess if you walked in, you're like, I don't know about all this God stuff, but you might be saying, I definitely have some issues in my heart having to do with some things I'm anxious about, things I'm a little bit worried about or concerned about, and I don't know how to handle myself. Well, tonight I think you're going to find encouragement right along with the rest of us as we work through some of the anxiety we have about this move and also some of the things in our personal lives. So we're going to look at Hebrews 11. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some people say it was Paul. A lot of people think it was him. But it doesn't really matter. It's in God's word. We'll find out one day in heaven. Somebody will be like, hey, there's the writer of Hebrews over there. And we'll go get to meet him. It'll be so cool. We'll be like, Hebrews guy. That's awesome. And so we'll go meet Hebrews guy or Hebrews girl or whatever, and we'll meet them. It'll be wonderful. But uh, for tonight, we just really want to focus on what they have to say. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is an awesome chapter because it's all about these incredible people of faith. And we're going to really kind of zero in on one person, but this is what we need right now. We need some incredible encouragement when it comes to faith in the unknown. So Hebrews 11 verse 1, the writer says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And this is where we are right now. As a church, we are in this place called not seen. And not seeing is a scary place, but not seeing is also where faith is activated. It's in this spot, right? If we can see clearly, I don't need any faith, right? But when I can't see clearly what's next, I have to activate 
my faith. And so I love that even though you and I don't see a building right now, maybe, we can look at this verse and say, now faith is confidence in the building we hope for and assurance about the building we do not yet see. And for some of you guys, you look at that verse about your personal life and you say, face the confidence in the peace I hope for or the forgiveness I hope for or the freedom from addiction I hope for or God bringing my finances together in the way that I hope for and the assurance of what I do not see. Now, the reason we can apply this verse to our building situation, you can apply it to your peace situation or your forgiveness situation, is because we know that those things are God's will. See, we have to be careful with this verse, right? We can't just apply this verse to anything we want in our life, right? I can't just go, now faith is the confidence in the Lamborghini I hope for and the assurance, right? It doesn't work that way, right? It works for the things that we know is on the heart of God. And we know that it's on the heart of God for our church to continue to reach the people of Long Island. And so we can apply this verse to it. We know that it is God's heart that you're provided for. So you can apply this to your finances. We know that you can apply this to the peace and the addiction struggle and the unforgiveness in our hearts. We can apply this because this is all on the heart of God. And so we start here saying, okay, God, we don't see yet what you have next, but we're going to be assured that you're going to take care of us, that you're not going to leave us stranded. Pastor Vaughn always likes to say, God hasn't brought us this far only to leave us now. And so we have some faith that we have to exercise in this place we're in right now called not seen. Verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for. What does this mean? Well, the writer is just saying this. All those people we look up to, all of our heroes of the faith, guys like Moses and Noah and Abraham, they were all commended for having great faith. They were commended for going and trusting God even when they couldn't see what God maybe was up to in the moment. Verse 3, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What is the writer here saying? This is a beautiful verse. You know what he's saying basically? If you're struggling in your faith, go take a walk. Take a walk outside. Look up at the stars tonight. Wake up early tomorrow morning. Go on a little walk. Watch the sunrise. Watch the the trees, watch the flowers bloom, and realize that all of that was commanded by the mouth of God into existence. It wasn't there, and then he commanded it, and it was there. You know what? The building we may not have right now can be commanded by the word of God like that for you and for me. And so the writer of Hebrews says, if you're struggling with your faith, go look at what God did with creation. If he can handle the stars and all that being in the right spot tonight, I think he can handle our building. And I think he can handle the issues of our life as well. So then he goes on in the next few verses. We're going to skip a couple of verses. We don't have time to hit verses 4 and 5. He talks about Abel and Enoch, a couple of guys that had great faith. But now we're going to go to verse 6. And he says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What a beautiful verse. What this verse is telling us is that God is calling us to do two things. Number one, to believe he exists. And number two, believe he rewards those who seek him. Right? This is the awesome God that we have. A God that says, okay, come to me, believe I'm here, and then watch me reward that faith and that expectation. And you know what? I know he's going to come through for us in this building situation. Now, I don't know when it's going to be, if it'll be in six months or a year or whatever it's going to be, but what I do know is there will be a day when we're going to be having our first service in the new building. And we're going to be looking at each other going, man, this was scary, this was exciting, this was a lot of work, but here's the reward. God rewarded our faith. God rewarded our expectation 
that he would come through. In the next verse, we hear about Noah. We're going to just jump past that just because we don't have time tonight. But then we get to the verses I really want to kind of move in on. Verse 8 says this, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So Abraham was living life, all was good. He was living in this land that his father had settled before him, right? Everything was good. All of a sudden, God shows up and says, Abraham, I want you to get up and I want you to move. I want you to leave where you are, what feels normal, what feels comfortable, what you're used to, and I'm calling you out to something new. Great. Abraham's thinking, cool, what are we going to do, God? Where are we going? God goes, well, I'm not going to tell you that yet. You see, first I want you to get up and move. First I want you to trust me. First I want you to see with eyes of faith what's coming. And so Abraham has a choice here. Will he get up and move? Will he go? See, the tricky thing is, is I think that that spot of uncertainty is where so many of us get stuck, right? Some of you in your personal lives, yeah, I want to see God come through. Okay, it's time to finally break this addiction. It's time to finally forgive that person. But that uncertainty keeps us stuck where we are, right? Okay, let's expand. Let's go reach more people for Jesus. Let's sell this building and go. But the uncertainty kind of tempts us to just sort of stay put right where we are. Remember that in that State Farm commercial, you had the different perspectives, right? You had the, the different views of a similar situation, right? And I think sometimes, as, as I look, about this, look at the story of Abraham, you know what I see? I think Abraham had moments where he was almost living out both sides of that commercial, on the one hand, I think that there was some uncertainty in his voice and almost like, God, what are you doing in all this? But I think there were also moments where, where Abraham had sort of a smirk on his face, like, God, what are you going to do with all this? I'm on this adventure. I'm on this road trip with you, God. What are you going to pull off in the midst of all this? And I think that we're going to have that range of emotion in this next season. If I'm honest, like I said, I go from uncertainty to excitement really kind of quickly in this whole process. Like Monday, we found out the Spanish church had made this offer, and I was so excited. I was so excited. For several days, I was just excited. And then it came Thursday morning, and I started freaking out. And I started freaking out on Thursday morning because I had to start sending paperwork to the lawyer, and that made this very real. And I was like, okay. Maybe we shouldn't do this. And literally, for hours, Thursday morning, I woke up crazy early, and I'm just like freaking out. I'm calculating. I'm walking around my house, and I'm like, maybe we just need to stop this. Maybe we should add, we'll stay where we are. We'll add a fourth service, then a sixth service, and a 17th service. Then all our volunteers will get mad and leave, and we'll have nobody anyway. And the church will just close, so there's either way you can't win. And, you know, So I'm just freaking myself out through this whole situation, and I'm, I'm like, I just, I just couldn't figure out what to do. I, I felt like I couldn't even think straight. I felt so clouded in my mind. And so I was like, all right, I just got to get to a place of like really praying, right, and really seeking God. So I, I turned on my iPod. Now, I'm an iPod shuffler guy, okay? I don't really like to choose the next song. I like to hit shuffle all the time. And I, you guys know I love my 80s metal and my 90s Christian grunge music, right? And so I hit play in this moment, and I didn't know what was coming on because it's on shuffle. And what comes on but one of my 90s Christian metal grunge songs written from the perspective of God to us. And here I am going, God, what are we going to do? Where are we going to get a building? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go, God? And the song starts singing to me, keep waiting, I'll be right on time. Just over and over again, the chorus, keep waiting, I'll be right on time. And I'm like, sweet. 
Like, I, I knew. It just confirmed again that Jesus' favorite music is 80s metal, 90s grunge. Because that's how he's always speaking to me. Then again, that's all I listen to, so I guess that's why he speaks to me through it. But in that moment, I just felt like, okay, God's got this. God, God has this. Now, that was the first encouraging thing that happened Thursday. The second encouraging thing that happened was I had emailed Pastor Scott Engelson from Grace Church and said, hey, do you know of anything? We're selling our building. Do you know uh, of any space we could rent? And he wrote back and said, I don't know of anything, but Doug, I'm so excited for you and your church. I'm like, awesome. At least somebody's excited because I'm freaking out right now. And he said, Doug, our church has been through this. We have been there. We've been in spots where we didn't know what to do and we didn't know what God was going to do next. But Doug, I just want to tell you that he comes through. And then he signed his name. And after he signed his name, he left Hebrews 11.8 written out at the bottom, which is just put that back up. The verse we just read. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, that meant a lot to me for several reasons. Number one, I had been like living, clinging to this verse all week already. And number two, I knew I'd be sharing these verses with you guys tonight. And I just felt like, all right, man, God's got this. I mean, he put the old iPod shuffle right to the right song, right in the right moment. And he encouraged Scott to put that verse at the bottom of his email when he already knew that this was something that I've been really focusing on. And some of you guys, again, in your personal life, you have the big step of faith to make. Will you trust God with your addiction? Will you trust God with your peace? Will you trust him with this issue of unforgiveness and that he can be trusted when he says forgiveness is for your good? Will you trust him? Will you make a step of faith? Will you obey and go, even though you may not know where it's going? Because that's for you as a, person, as a person here tonight. And for us as a church, we've got to say, okay, God, we don't know where we're going maybe, but we're going to trust you, we're going to obey and go. Verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. And so when God said, hey, Abraham, get up and go, he gave Abraham a promise. He said, if you go, then I will make you into a great nation. In fact, I'm going to give you so many descendants, it'll be like stars in the sky. You won't even be able to count them, right? There was one problem. Abraham was 75 years old at this point and had no kids. I don't know if you guys know any 75-year-olds who have had kids. I don't know any, right? And so that's a huge, huge problem. And so here's this impossible situation, right? And this is where, again, you and I can struggle. We can look at what's wrong with the situation and kind of get stuck. And Abraham has a choice here. All right, God, it makes no sense, but I'm going to trust you or I'm going to stay right where I am. But Abraham made the choice to trust, right? And I love that this verse says that Abraham lived in some tents. He lived in some tents. You know why that's important for you and I on this road trip we're going on? Because we might live in some tents, so to speak, for a while. What does that mean? Well, that means that we're not really sure what's next, but we might end up being sort of using some other people's tents for a while. We might end up being portable for a season. Here's, here's some uh, specifics for you. We're going to be closing on or about October 15th. So that's about six months from now. So that's not too far away. That's not too far. And so we may be portable. That's not what we want to do, but it's what we may have to do. And so we're just praying that God will lead us and guide us. Here's what I do know, okay? Good news is that we will not be homeless, okay? The reason I know that is because there's a church 
Uh, it's a little farther than we want to go. This is why this isn't sort of our first choice to go do this right away. But there's a church that's willing to let us use some of their space on Sunday. So we already know right off the bat we have somewhere to go if it comes to that. They're very gracious to do this for us, but it's not our first choice. We would rather stay closer. The space we'd be going to would probably be about 20 minutes from this location, and it's not really what we want to do. And so we're praying for something else to work out. Uh, there are other churches closer by that we're trying to figure out some things. We're having lunch with a, a pastor on Tuesday closer to us to see if we can work something out. Also, we're just open to what God has. We don't know how this is going to work. We may end up doing Sunday morning services at like Stony Brook Lowe's. You guys could come and get a, a, you know, some popcorn and a Dr. Pepper and this Holy Spirit anointing will triple with the Dr. Pepper in the room. and It'll be a beautiful thing and we'll go to church and it'll be awesome. And then maybe we do Sunday night service um, and green room and deeper and community groups at another church nearby that will let us use space at night. I don't know. We're, we're just trying to figure all this out as we go. But we might be living in some tents for a while, but we know that we at least have somewhere to go. And we know we're not going to be homeless. And so the question, of course, as we work through all this is, is why do this, Doug? Like, why do this? Is it really worth it? You know, I mean, things are going okay here. Yeah, we got some parking trouble. Yeah, we've kind of like lost a bunch of people in the last season since the parking uh, got taken away out on the street. But, but why is it wor- worth it? And a couple reasons. First, it's worth it because Abraham would have never become a great nation had he not taken the step of faith, right? Like, just think about it. All of our heroes in the Bible, none of them became our heroes because they played it safe, right? I mean, you never read a story in the Bible like, Hey, uh, God called Joe to get up and move, and he didn't. Wow, what an awesome guy. What a great inspirational story, you know? Like, none of us have that verse on our, on our pillow, on our couch, sewn in there. You know what I mean? Not that I have any pillows sewn with Bible verses on my couch, but my grandma does. So, But, man, it's the people who say, in the midst of seemingly impossible circumstances, no, we're going to trust God. Those people become our heroes, right? And so Abraham had to take the step of faith before we ever even became Abraham. You and I never would have known the name Abraham had he not been willing to step out and trust God in the midst of this. And so that's one reason. But, but a better reason is the next verse. Let's look at verse 10. Okay, it says this. For he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now this is a little confusing in the context of all this. Right, Because it could seem like Abraham's looking forward to that new city God was going to build through him and his descendants here on earth. That's not what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about heaven. You see, Abraham was willing to do what he did because he had his eyes on eternity. He had his eyes on God and all that God would do through his life in the years and generations to come. And the same has to be true for us. Why is it worth it to move from this space? Because God wants to keep our eyes on heaven. This is just a road trip, right, here on earth. God wants us to keep our eyes on eternity. And here is our job while we're here on earth, right? It's to bring as many people as we can with us to heaven. It's to impact as many lives as we possibly can. And now that our parking is what it is, we are so incredibly limited in this space. And so the reason we are going to do this is because our eyes are on eternity. Our eyes are on those eternal ramifications, on people's uh, lives being saved by the tremendous life-changing message of Jesus. But the the writer of Hebrews then kind of changes gears a little bit and, and starts to talk about this other miracle with Abraham and Sarah. Look what it says in verse 11. And by faith, even Sarah 
who was past childbearing age, so this is Abraham's wife, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. Now, this is where these verses stop applying to our specific situation because I'm not expecting another child, okay? Just to make that clear. That would be God's sense of humor to give us a building and a baby, okay? But that's not the plan, all right? Just so you all know, pray for a building, not necessarily a baby, all right? And so that's just a little part of this, right? But I love that this verse says that this all happened because Sarah, who is, by the way, 90 when this happened, she considered God faithful. She considered God faithful. And you know what? God will do the impossible for people who know that he's faithful. God will do it for us as a church. God will do it for you as you battle your addiction or your forgiveness issue or as you're wrestling to find peace or provision. And so it's going to take a step of faith for us. It's going to take a step of faith for you in your personal life to be willing to be able to say, okay, God, I'm going to consider you faithful. You will provide for my finances in this season. You will provide for this peace lacking in my life or whatever it is you might be going through. And God, you will provide for our church. You will do what only you can do. Verse 12, and this is a rough verse, man. And so from this one man, Abraham, right? And he as good as dead. How harsh is that, right? You know, Abraham pulled, uh, pulled aside the writer of Hebrews like, what was up with that, right? You don't have to go that far, right? He says, from he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. So Abraham is 100. Sarah is 90. I don't know if you read biology book recently, but that's not how it works, right? But that's the point. That's the point. God waited until it wouldn't work. God waited until it would be impossible so that he could show it was him. And you know what our prayer has been? For literally probably the last 10 years, we've been praying for a new space. We knew this day would come. Even when our church was a quarter of the size it is now, we were praying for a new building. And you know what we've been praying for these last 10 years? God, would you do something so awesome in this building process that everyone knows it's you? God, would you do something so powerful that everyone goes, man, look what God did. That's been our prayer. And that's exactly what happened with Abraham and Sarah. Verse 13. This is, again, a little confusing. We'll work through it. All these people, talking about Abraham, Sarah, and the others, Enoch, Noah, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Now, that seems confusing, but we'll talk about it. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. What does this mean? Well, Abraham and Sarah never saw all their descendants, right? They never saw like tens of thousands of descendants, as many as the stars in the sky or the sand on the, uh, on the shore, right? They never saw that. They saw the beginning of it, right? They saw Isaac, that miracle baby that God provided. Now, the cool thing about our situation with this building is that we're going to see a lot of the promise. We're going to get to see God do a lot, but we're also praying that this new space will be something that will continue on for decades to come. After I'm long gone, we're praying that God will still be using this new space. So we're really not looking for a church that has like 50 more seats and like 20 more parking spots. We're looking for a space that we can grow into for decades. And that's going to take God. But that's our prayer. That's our hope. That's what we're looking for. Then verse 14 goes on. It says this, People who say such things know that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Verse 15's really been striking a chord with me. Because 
What it's saying is Abraham, if he had kept looking back on his home where his dad had settled him, he would have just stayed or he would have maybe gone back. He would have gone a few miles down the road and then gone back, right? And I think the temptation for us in this season could be to look at the space we have now and say, let's just play it safe. At least we have something now, right? Or we could get down the road a little bit, you know? Maybe in, uh, you know, month one of meeting in the movie theater or something, going, man, what'd we do? We should have gone back, right? Just remember, that's what the Israelites did in the middle of Egypt, or in the middle of the desert when they left Egypt, rather, and they said, man, we're tempted to go back to Egypt. We're tempted to go back to what we knew. But man, no, we got to keep our eyes on what's ahead. Got to keep our eyes on not just what's ahead for us here as a church, but eternity and all that God could do for us in a bigger space over the decades to come. Then we look down at verse 16, and it says this, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I love that. It's just drawing our eyes back up, up to heaven again. That this is just a road trip. Yes, we're going on a little road trip. Abraham went on a little road trip. But man, all of life is just a little road trip in comparison to heaven. And think about all the people we could bring with us as we move to a new space where we have the ability to reach many, many more people. You know, I think as we look at this whole big picture here and we recognize what we have here is a good thing. I mean, Pastor Ravone literally built this church with his own hands, like literally hung the sheetrock on the walls with the members of the church, like put the ceiling tiles up in the ceiling. I mean, they literally built this place. We have a good thing here. We've been blessed here. But we can't let that hold us back from what God has for us to come, right? And it's scary, and I get it. But we want to see what God is going to do as we take a big step of faith. And here's what I know. As long as we're focused on where we've been, we won't get where God has us going, right? And this is true for us as a church. It's also true for you and your personal life. As long as you focus on where you've been and who's hurt you, you won't get where God has you going in forgiving them. As long as you focus on that thing that happened to you that's robbed your, your peace, then you won't get to where God has you to go, which is tremendous peace in him. But this is so true for us as a church as well in this season. And so Abraham said, all right, God, I'm going to trust you even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to see what you're going to do in this season. And man, he was rewarded because God is a rewarder of those who seek him. And so as we think about leaving this space, as we think about going to a new one, as we think about the uncertainty and the excitement, what I hope you guys are seeing here today is that God is calling us to take a huge step of faith so that he can do the impossible. That's where we're aiming our ship right now, is that God would do the impossible. Now, what does this look like, right? Just give you some, some responses to this. A couple of things I want to ask you to do. Number one, would you pray? Would you pray with us, like big time, that God would do something so big, that he would give us such an awesome opportunity to continue to do what he's called us to do, but just in a bigger way to be able to be more effective and reach more people? Would you pray that God open the right space up? Would you pray that God will pour out tremendous, tremendous provision? Second thing I want to ask you to do, would you be flexible? This word flexible is huge. I was talking with our staff Wednesday. I think this is going to be so key for us over this next season, that we be flexible, that maybe we'll be out of our comfort zone. Maybe you'll be driving further than you used to. Maybe you'll be getting up earlier than you used to because you're helping us do this or that, or, or we're putting sheetrock sheet rock up on the walls late, late in the middle of the night, and it's just like we're exhausted. But would you just be flexible over this next season? 
that we're in because we know that God, this, this is a stepping stone, right? This is a movie theater or someone else's church building or a warehouse somewhere or whatever it might be is a stepping stone to this awesome thing that God has for us to come. Next, would you help us? If we end up portable, if we end up meeting in a movie theater or a school auditorium or something, we're going to need help setting up and tearing down a band and lighting and all this production stuff. So would you think and pray about being a part of that? Again, I don't know if that's what will happen, but if, if that's the, that is the potential. Uh, when we get into a permanent space, will you help us? Will you come hang sheetrock? Will you come paint? Will you come and load gear in and take gear out? Will you help us with the giftings that you guys have? Will you come just be willing to learn? I'm going to tell you something, all right? This is going to unify our church. This is gonna, we are, we are going to be in the trenches together over this next season, Okay? And I know it also has the potential to cause our church to fall apart a little bit, but as we come together and as we focus on what to do as opposed to what not to do during this next season, man, when you're hanging sheetrock next to somebody, you're going to get close to them, all right? It's going to happen, all right? And so will you help us? Um, some of you guys will help us by giving, okay? Um, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to get up on the stage every week and beg you for money, okay? But man, we definitely need finances to come through for this situation. You all know what Long Island's like to live here and to try to own anything here. We don't want to lease. That's our hope is that we won't end up leasing because we really want to buy a place. We don't want to pour a bunch of money into a place we're just going to give away eventually, right? So we really, really want to buy a place and it's expensive. We went out and we looked around a little bit. We went to one place um, and then we actually all fell in love with this other place that we saw online and, and I was looking at this online and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. I'm like, turnkey, like walk in, like perfect size building for us to grow into, all done, all ready, um, 200 and something parking spots with acreage to add on, and I'm like drooling, I'm like this is incredible, I'm texting the guys, and we're all getting all excited about it, and then we realize that there's no price, don't ever look at a property when there's no price, because we told our real estate agent to call, and she called, she gets back, Doug, um, it's a little bit more than you have. It's $10 million. Okay, cool. Well, that's wonderful. That would have been nice. And then I woke up from my dream and said, oh, cool. All right, good. And so, man, we, it is so expensive. Now, we're not looking to buy something for $10 million. But I will say this. The space that that would have offered us is exactly what we would be able to grow into for decades. Okay? So, no, I'm not asking you for $10 million. Okay? I'm asking you for twenty. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm asking that those of us who have the gift to give that we would simply give. Next, let's stay unified. Let's stay unified, right? It's okay if you disagree with some decisions that we make during this process. We want to make great decisions. We're praying hard. Trust me, man. If I had hair, it'd all be gone again. I mean, we're like praying my hair out. I'm praying my heart out through this. All right, this is a huge weight we're carrying, a huge weight our staff is carrying. And so we want to make the right decisions. But Man, we would just ask that we stay unified. How does that work? Well, if you disagree with us, that's okay. But just come talk to us about it, all right? Come talk to the staff about it. Instead of, like, you know, getting little pockets of people disagreeing and we don't understand why this and that, just come talk to us. We're okay with you disagreeing, but just come to us and let's talk about those things ourselves. Lastly, would you be our eyes and ears? Would you keep your eyes open for maybe a space for us? Do you know of a good space for sale? Or maybe do you know someone who owns like a warehouse or a factory that would let us rent it for a season while our, new, while our final destination is being built and purchased, right? Maybe you know someone who owns a warehouse nearby 
that we could just sort of move into and do church in for like six months or whatever while the new space is, is being made ready or whatever that might look like? Do you have a, a contact with like a movie theater manager or someone that you know that could get us into a space like that? Or do you know someone on a school board that would be able to get us into a school auditorium? Or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you know of a church that, um, man, they're looking to sell or they're, they're looking to rent space or I don't know. What do, who do you know? Uh, would you help us? Would you help us in this season? And so as we do all these things, I can only imagine what God's going to do. I can only imagine how he's going to show up and the great, beautiful things that he is going to do. And we need you guys. We, we, we are, our church is not this building. Our church is us people, right? And we need you. And we, we really want you to be in on this adventure with us. And so even if you're here for the first time, man, we hope you will be in on this adventure with us. This will be something that can draw our church much closer. And man, the day will come. We'll be in that new building. And we'll be looking at each other going, Here's the reward. Here's the reward. It was hard. We've been getting up early for a long time. We've been setting up chairs. We've been tearing down lighting rigs. We've been putting sheetrock up. Man, but here is our reward. And our eyes have been on heaven and all the souls that can be won. If you're not a follower of Jesus, the most impossible situation that ever existed was our distance from God, was the sin between us and God. And we've been talking about God coming through in impossible situations tonight. Well, Jesus died on the cross and rose back from the dead to defeat that impossible situation between you and him. And so if you want a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you to put your trust in him tonight. I'm going to pray with you guys in just a minute, give you a chance to pray and ask God to, to be your savior. But if you're a follower of Jesus here in the room tonight, man, I hope you're excited. If I'm honest, I'm 90% excited about this and 10% like, right? But, but I'm I'm 90% pumped about all that God is going to do in this next season. And I know it's going to be awesome. Would you pray for us as a staff? Would you pray that we'll be able to carry this weight well and with integrity and unity and we'll be able to lead this charge well? And for the things going on in your personal lives, will you take some steps of faith knowing that the one who has promised to be there for you is faithful? And as we do, man, we're going to see. That's God's calling us to make a huge step of faith so that he can do the impossible. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that we, so many of us in this room, have already seen you do the impossible. We've already seen you come through, and we have history with you. And God, we thank you so much that you're going to do something great in this situation. And God, we just give you our fears, and we pray about the uncertainty, and we pray that, God, you will do something that gives you all the glory, God, something that everyone can say, wow, there's no way those people pulled that off. God must have done that. And so, God, please, just make a way for us. God, we know you haven't brought us this far just to leave us now. Thank you for all you're going to do. We're excited to see it. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you pray about the building situation or maybe your own impossible situation right now? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to put your trust in him tonight. Maybe you could just pray something like this just quietly. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dealing with this impossible distance between me and you that I could never have dealt with on my own. Thank you for this gift of salvation. God, would you show me how real you are? In your name I pray.